Zen teaches you that the greatness of life is not in artificial things, nor in material comforts, but in ordinary life, doing ordinary things in ordinary ways. This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, and welcome to another episode. I'm Sensei Michelle. I'm Sensei Jackie. And I'm Sensei Melissa. How psyched are we to have Sensei Melissa here today? Because I'm saying psyched. I am psyched. And I love that when Sensei Melissa talks, she always sounds like she has a radio voice. Ooh. And I like that she's been on two excellent episodes now. This one, which we already know is going to be excellent. Of course, she's here. And then when, when we did Breathing. Yes, I had forgotten about that one. That was a good one. We'll play it as an archived episode one day so you don't have to search back and find it, guys. All right. Are you ready to get going? Ready. I am going to describe what the heck is going on today. Okay. Today is kind of a wabi-sabi day. In other words, did I make a mistake and that's how I got here? I don't know. Here's the backstory. I found a piece of paper that I had written in the 1980s, and it said the quote that you just heard that Zen teaches you that the greatness of life is in ordinary days. Under the words, I had written the name Gaetan. So before I started this podcast, before the internet, I did a little research on Gaetan, and I found out that he was a master swordsman and a Zen master. In all those decades, the words and the man were connected in my mind. Then when I decided to do this podcast, I did some research. And Mr. Gaetan's Full name is Suji Getan Sukashige. That's correct. And what I found out was that there is no written record that he actually said that saying about Zen. Although it seemed from the research, he did live it. Exactly. So right or wrong, good or bad, whether I was smart or the opposite of smart. I know. See how I did that one? <laughs> I'm putting the two things together in this one episode. So, as usual, it's going to be an adventure. And that's the way we like it. I do like it that way. Us. So, we're going to start out with a short history about Tsuji Getan Tsukashigi. Who's going to start me out here? I think I will, because I'd like to start by naming our sources. Okay, perfect. Well, let's start with your brain. <laughs> well, at least my handwriting. <laughs> well, and the paper you wrote those four decades ago. Exactly. And I'll mention that we use these sources. Our friend Wikipedia, eidoonline.com, bujin.cz, and which I think is Czechoslovakia, hmm. suimokai.pupu.jp. Us. Thank you for doing all that hard work of saying all that, Sensei Jackie. His formal name, as you said, was Suji Getan Sukashigi. And I read that that last name is sometimes referred to as Sukimochi. Us. I read that, and it is one of those many controversies. This is when we miss Landon, isn't it? It sure is. He loves to take over the controversies for us. <laughs> He'll be back soon. If you're a regular listener, you know that we have mentioned a few times that turning kanji into letters is an art. Yes. And it causes so much confusion. So we're going to skip right over that small little distraction. And for the ease of discussion, most of the time, we're going to call him Gaetan. Will you please pick it up here for me, Sensei Melissa? Us. He was born in Japan in 1648, the second son of a samurai. When he was 13 years old, he studied at the Yamaguchi Dojo in Kyoto. I want to interrupt here and say that our style, USA Goju Federation, 
has its roots with a man named Gojin Yamaguchi. We did an episode on him. So, of course, you'll tag it in the notes, right, Sensei? Absolutely. But to our best knowledge, the Yamaguchi Dojo of 1650 does not have anything to do with the man who trained in and taught Goju Rukarate. If you're out there and you know differently, for goodness sake, please get in touch with us. We would love for people to get in touch with us, right? We certainly would when we're really easy to get in touch with. We're all over the web. We Tell them. Yeah, you go, girl. <laughs> no, do it. <laughs> we're all over the web at wildcatdojo.com. And uh, on Instagram, we're at Wildcat Dojo Conversations. And if you want to go old school and email, it's Dojo Conversations at AOL. Can you get more old school than AOL? Because I don't think so. Maybe it's so old school, it's retro cool now. (laughs) (laughs) That would be awesome. But let's get back to Gatan. At this point, we're going to turn him into a 13-year-old. And he's still at the Yamaguchi Dojo. And he's learning different styles of swordsmanship. And swordsmanship is called Iaido. That's right, Sensei. When he was in his 20s, he tried starting his own school, but it was unsuccessful. So he moved on and began studying Zen philosophy at the Asabu Kyukoji Temple. Even as he was studying Zen philosophy, he continued to practice his swordsmanship. And eventually, he did create a school of swordsmanship in 1695. He merged his sword training with his Zen training and created a school that was heavily influenced by the teachings of Zen philosophy. That's right. And the name of the style that he started is Mugai Ru Iaido. Boy, that was tough. So give me some credit on that one, guys. <laughs> credit. <laughs> credit. Yay! Credit. <laughs> and we found meanings for that name. Wikipedia, my old friend, says that it means outer nothingness school. True, but another one of our sources said that the name means no reaction to recognize intention. And a third translation from eidoonline.com says it means cutting blade. And this site tells us that there are Mugairu dojos all over Europe. And the fact that three different sources have three different interpretations really speaks back to changing the words in Eastern Japanese philosophy to American words is what an art form that is, right? Correct. I do recommend that website, by the way, the Eido Online, because they have a lot of information and some very interesting videos. But I want to add that another source tells us that the modern day Mugai dojos are not really in line with the teachings of the 1600s. It's really interesting. And uh, maybe that would be another podcast altogether. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) But jumping back into the idea of him studying Zen, this is an excellent time to mention that we did an entire episode on Zen, which of course, I'm going to tag into the notes. And by the way, what fun it would be to get an expert on Zen teachings to be one of our guests. How cool. Man, that would just be great. My heart's a flutter at the thought. Let's hope, huh? Back to Gitan, though. His style was well-respected, so much so that many samurai and daimos trade there. And finally, at age 79, Getan died in his sleep, or possibly during meditation, and there are a few writings directly associated with Getan. That's true. I found one poem. But he had also written some treatises on studying the sword. I think we mentioned them in a minute. But first off, on the Sumokai site, which is dedicated to the modern version of Mugairu Iaido, they say that there is a line of writing related to Mugairu, and the line reads, 
sword and Zen are one truth. That is a fabulous line. And I'll add that the same site says that he did publish a manual of principles. It mentions Simkata and the dialogue reiterates that the sword and Zen are one truth. In Japanese, Kenzen Ichi Nyo. And he says that finding that truth, in other words, mastering the sword, is at least a 30-year journey. And we all agree with that. Us. Us. If you're going to master something, you're going to need to spend your life doing it. 100%. Okay, let's read that poem. You ready? I'm ready. There is nothing but this one truth. It's all-encompassing and everlasting. A feather carried by the winds upholds this truth. To experience harmony in the face of confusion is enlightenment. Okay, I'm loving the last line. But I'm also saying, boy, that's a big ask, right? Harmony in the face of confusion? It's a big ask for me. (laughs) You know, it's really, there's an old, old joke that I read in, uh, I don't know, some novel one day that said, if you can have harmony in the face of confusion, you've obviously not grasped the situation. Now I'm loving that line too. (laughs) I'm definitely going to be laughing about that all week long. Needless to say, that's something we all work towards. Calmness in the face of chaos, right? Yes. But we might get back to that another day. We certainly work on it enough. For now, let's return to the saying I wrote down all those years ago. Listen, saying. Let me read the saying one more time before we talk. Perfect. Okay, here's the saying. Zen teaches you that the greatness of life is not in artificial things, nor in material comforts, but in ordinary life, doing ordinary things in ordinary ways. Wow. (laughs) Okay, who's going to go first on that one? I actually have two things. We're ready. All right. The first one is a couple of years ago, um, I had a small problem and ended up in the hospital for two nights. And while I was in the hospital, I couldn't do anything. And all I could think of was the ordinary things of every day that I wanted to do. Pet my cats, make the bed, brush my teeth, make my coffee in the morning. And when I got home, just the joy of doing those simple things was heartrending. So that's another discussion for another day that is, you don't miss it until it's gone. That's for sure. And what this saying is saying is, don't wait. Don't wait until it's gone. Every day be aware. I'm going to go aware more than grateful. Not that we aren't grateful, but be aware of the thing you're doing the very minute you're in, because it has substance no matter what. That's right. Okay, so next time I'm signing off on all of those orders, I will be grateful. (laughs) All your paperwork? Yep. Okay, so we have to stop right now and say, Sensei Melissa is a grown-up medical doctor. How cool is that? And to make it even cooler, she works for the VA. The downside is lots of paperwork. A ton. (laughs) So that's why that's such a relevant thing. And I'm going to tell a story and you tell me if this is part, because I'm not sure it fits or not. Okay. Okay. I had an English teacher when I was in high school, and here's the story he told us. I have no idea if this actually happened to him, but this is how he told the story. So I was walking down the street one day, and I watched a homeless man come out of an alley. And as he was coming out of the alley, he stopped before he entered the sidewalk, turned his back, and tucked in his shirt. 
and then kept walking out so his shirt would be tucked in when he walked out where all the people were seeing him. And the teacher said to us in that day, in that moment, I realized that every minute of every day has something to teach you if you're willing to see it. I thought that was a way cool story. Obviously, high school was a long time ago for me. So I've kept that all these years. And once in a while, think about it. It's a great story. And it also shows the dignity of the person towards himself. Well, and that the person who was observing it was so in the moment that they were observant. Another person would have walked right by, not only not seen the tucking of the shirt, but also not even noticed the man. They were so not in the moment. And the connection was such a Zen connection. At that moment, at that time, what made it work? And one of the things we say a lot of times on this podcast is this. So we're going to be going along in our day for the next two or three days, and we're going to remember this saying. And we're going to be like, you know, lighten up on your mood, Michelle. Enjoy this, whatever it is you're doing. And then we're going to forget. And then we're going to remember we forgot. Yes. And that opens the door for this inner dialogue of self-yelling. Oh, definitely. My critic is so bossy sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) And so what we want to remind ourselves of, and anybody who listens to this is, skip that last part. Don't do that whole inner dialogue thing. Just move on and appreciate in that moment. Because that is the great trick of Zen, is they don't have that inner dialogue where they run through all the things we talk about all the time, self-doubt. Sensei. You tell a story sometimes about a man you knew who was a farmer. Oh, yeah, I loved him. And (laughs) that, to me, is a Zen life. Can you repeat that story? I I couldn't tell it the way you tell it. Okay, so I did know a farmer once, and um, he's passed away. Otherwise, I'd be still knowing him. And I used to go visit him all the time on the weekends. And he appeared to be simple. And in the use of the word simple, I would say uneducated. That's what it appeared to be to the people who my friend would bring up. And they didn't make fun of him, but there was sarcasm involved. And I watched the whole situation happening constantly. And I was in awe of how he was an expert farmer, expert farmer. He knew everything. He could just name things. He could fix every machine. He knew how to tell whether the soil was ready He knew how to rejuvenate the soil. He knew which crops to put in when, when to pull them out, how much water, everything. And the picture was so serene in what for us at that time was very busy lives. So we would go there for the serenity. And it occurred to me years later when I thought about it, that this man was actually so much more intelligent than everybody who used to use sarcasm about him because He was living that life of ordinary things in ordinary days, and yet the package was extraordinary. Isn't that cool? So cool. I had forgotten about him. I loved him. I won't say his name because, you know, privacy for people. Of course. Fair enough. But I have to think that for the people who listen to this podcast, some sort of a balance in the internal calmness of life And the keeping busy that we all like to do, having things to do day in and day out, that balance is part of our adventure. And we're looking for the tools to make that happen. And 
in all these years that I've had that saying written down, I've repeated it many times in many situations. Not exact, because when I read it, I was like, oh, that's not how I've been saying it. But the point was the same, to find relevance in our daily activities is to not become mundane in our own minds. I'm kind of thinking, what do you say? No, I like that. Definitely love this quote and poem because I sometimes dread or dislike the ordinary tasks of life, going to the grocery store, doing the laundry, cleaning the house. And I start to think of them as outside of life. The only the exciting parts or when I get to go shopping for that flat screen TV mm-hmm. is a point of life. And this is a nice humbling reminder that what I'm doing with my life, the building blocks that I'm laying down, the foundation I'm putting is important. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and wonderful. Yesterday, here's my second story. I, um, I drink tea all day long, hot tea. And I made a cup of hot tea and I set it out on the counter, kind of forgot about it, came back. And when I drank it, it was just the right temperature and just the right sweetness. (laughs) And it it was perfect. And I said, oh, my goodness, it's just a cup of tea. But it changed my moment, just like the ordinary blocks that you're talking about in life. And what a wonderful way to end my day was with this great cup of tea. That's cool. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) I also want to say the things that you named as ordinary were mostly house chores. And that's something that you guys can definitely get in touch with us about. We're voting on house chores. Who likes them? Who doesn't? Who gets enthralled at different aspects of it? And other people who are just like, oh, it's not even in my mind. I'm totally interested in that because there is a lot more ordinary to a day other than just the house chores. There's putting up with traffic. Exactly. There's the people you interact with in your work life whether it's somebody like myself who interacts with the people who work for the cities where I run my dojos, or whether it's somebody like you, Sensei Melissa, who works within the construct of the government. Correct. And so there's interactions there. And if a person could keep a balanced mind during those interactions, they're less likely to cause miscommunication because their listening skills are on point because they're right there knowing that that is the extraordinary life they're living. I love that concept because what it makes me realize is the things I've assimilated or gotten used to or no longer find challenging or think about in a negative way, perspective, those things are easy and I don't mind doing them as part of ordinary life. Mm -hmm. So I now have a tool of saying, okay, this is just an ordinary task. Why am I putting so much weight on it? Mm-hmm. How can I approach this with a Zen attitude? Equanimity. Yes, absolutely. Oh, I love equanimity. You know, I love that word. And I'm not a big word person. I am not trying to pronounce that word. <laughs> but I do. It just means your, your brain is equal. Or, and this might be the good way for us to close this one out. You'll tell me. Master Collegian used to say to us, expect the unexpected. And in my mind over the years, I changed that 
to treat the expected and the unexpected exactly the same. If you take that, what I just said, and you put it into practice, that means be excited about the expected and calm about the unexpected rather than the reverse of that. Oh my gosh, what a task I've just said. Wow. (laughs) Talk about the yin-yang balance. Whoa. I'll work on that one for the next 30 years. (laughs) Thank you, (laughs) Gatan. Okay, do you want to add anything else? I don't think so. I think that's pretty perfect. Yeah, we did all right on this one, and we hope that you guys enjoyed it. But, of course, we have to do, and are you going to say it with us? Honor Athletics, Athletics, of course. course. Please support Cynthia at Honor Athletics. You can reach her by phone at 770-945-5150 for all your karate needs. Or you can scroll down and click the link at the bottom of the show notes. And don't forget to say Wildcat Dojo for your 10% discount. Awesome. And I think we're going to close it out. Yes. Us. Start my goodbye, Cynthia Melissa. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Hope to see you next time. And on that note, I am going to sign us out. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again next week on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.